Uh, turn to John um, chapter 1. Just read um, verse 14. Oh, I'm on the screen. Oh, I'm the Okay, is that up on the screen now? All right, John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his force have um, all we received and grace for grace for the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ no man hath seen God any time the only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father he hath declared him let's pray dear heavenly father we do just thank you for this opportunity of just being able to um, continue this series on um, uh, learning more about you father in particular your names or as we introduce um, this section and we just pray father that you'll empower me um, to preach your word as only you can and that you'll speak to each of our hearts father and that you'll continue um, to equip us uh, for the work of the ministry and um, we just pray that uh, you're done and your name honor and glorified through the service this morning for it's in Jesus name we pray amen So last week, we looked at the ways in which we can know someone in particular. As we started off, um, we introduced this, um, not up there, is it blank? Okay, um, so as we started, we introduced this section on the names of God. Last week, um, we at um, a couple of words which relate, a couple of Greek words, which um, describe a couple of ways that we can know people or know someone. Um, in particular, um, the word um, gnosis, which means to investigate or stu study someone, and epigenosis, um, which is an experiential or intimate knowledge of someone such as in, um, within the family. We in, rega in regards to God that we can't just know about him. 
Um, although that's needed, but more than that. We need to know him intimately or completely through experience, fellowship and meditation. And that's where we sort of um, left off last week. Now, although these lessons are about God, they are useless if we do not use them to become more intimately and experientially acquainted with him. And this has a great deal to do with why Jesus came um, to earth. And that's where we start this week. Why Jesus came to earth. Now, there's, there's probably some... Um, uh, some are one of kids that might even be able to answer this question because I think this is a section in, a, in the, one of the Iwana books, isn't it? Um, so why Jesus came to earth? Hang on a second. That's okay. I've got, haven't got all my slides here. So, that's all right, plan B. Find the right spot here. You're right. Okay. There's, there's three reasons. Firstly, in John chapter 1 and verse 18, okay, we see, um, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Okay, so he came to reveal God the Father to us. Um, so to reveal God to us. Secondly, in verse 14, um, or verses 14 through to 17 rather, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received the grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So he came to reveal his grace and truth. And then over in John chapter 17... That's gone again, hasn't it? Mm, I don't know why it's doing that. Um, so John chapter 17 and verse 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Um, and then in verse 26... And I have declared unto them thy name, will declare it, that the love with thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. So he came also to reveal name. I'll just try this one more time. If it goes out again, I'll just pan the screen. Should be back up again, is it? All right. All right, so Jesus Christ came to earth to reveal God to us, to reveal his grace and truth, and to reveal his name. So 
What's significant about God's name? So what's in what's in a name? I've just got to see where where do I start here? Okay. So we're going to look at a couple of different places where um, that highlight the importance of names in general. So the Old Testament we're going to look at first. So, um, sorry, I haven't, there's no, oh no, the slides will be right. It's just here I don't have them. Okay, so the Old Testament names, they had significance. So Genesis chapter 17. And verse 5. Neither shall thy, talking about Abraham, of course. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. So Abram became Abraham, so God renamed him. Also, over in Genesis chapter 32. There'll be a lot of um, verses we'll be looking at this morning. Uh, Genesis 32, 28, which says, And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Okay, so Jacob, or God renamed Jacob, Israel. And then, it's gone, hasn't it? That's oh, still up there, is it? Oh, it? It'll go. Yep. All right, I'll try and, for those taking notes, I'll, I do have the slides here, so I'll try and remember to highlight which ones you've got to fill out. Okay, so in Daniel 7, I'll turn there too. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names for, um, gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Okay, so Daniel became Belteshazzar. So Daniel means God is my judge, whereas Belteshazzar means Baal will protect. Okay, so names were significant, and that's a few examples in the Old Testament um, where, you know, names were important or significant. In the case of Abraham and Jacob, God changed um, those names. In the case of Daniel, um, it was the king that, that changed his name, but the reason for that was in, in, in order to um, provide an extra um, step of, you know, step of operation from um, his... Um, his heritage, you know, as, as a Jew. Oh, I've got to press that twice, haven't I? I'll just get rid of that. Um, so names were important in the Old Testament. So now we'll have a look over um, in the New Testament. Um, so John chapter 1, back to there. And verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld... So this is Andrew bringing, um, bringing Peter 
um, to Jesus. And he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So here, Simon, son of Jonah, so that's what you're filling there, um, being Cephas or Peter. So Simon, son of Jonah, became Cephas or Peter. Simon is Hebrew for here. Um, Peter is Greek for a little rock. So Cephas is Aramaic, Aramaic for a little rock. So here, Jesus changed um, Peter's name. And then over in Acts chapter 13. And verse 9. Then Saul, who is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, his eyes on him. So Saul became Paul. Saul is a Hebrew word, whereas Paul um, is Greek or Roman for little. So why might God have changed his name? Um, perhaps for a couple of reasons. Firstly, to indicate that he was going to use him to teach the Gentiles. Okay, because Paul's ministry was to the Gentiles, of course. Um, and, and secondly, to keep him humble before him, because Paul means you are little. So it is God who is doing great things and not him. And it's probably, um, it, um, it's probably related to the fact that he's, uh, it is said that he's uh, short of stature as well. So it's probably related to that as well. And what about today, you know, as far as importance of names are concerned? Um, you know, when, when we have children, we, we go through a period of time of deciding, you know, the options of names that we're going to, um, uh, to call our children. And, you know, different people put different amounts of time and energy into that. Um, and, um, and so names, names are important today, like... You know, there are names that we won't give our children because of name associations. Um, or we may, um, we may think of names for our children because, because of name associations. Um, or it might, we might choose names because of the meaning behind the name. Um, or perhaps even the circumstances. You know, like, like Samuel. Um, you know, the circumstances there was that you know, it was a, a, there was a period of time since um, the child that we had before Samuel, which was Joey, and, um, and so um, we chose Samuel um, for him, just like, you know, Hannah had to wait a while before she had her Samuel. Um, and so, you know, there's reasons why, you know, we go through a process, don't we, of, of, of naming, naming our children. Um, you know, or maybe it's, a, it's something to do with the character um, of the name that we know of, and we might hope that you know our child might follow some aspect of that character. Um, so you know that names are important even today. Um, but so, or rather, so it's only reasonable to expect that God's names have significance as well. Okay. So the next thing is that God's names have significance. Um, now turn to chapter 8. 
So we're just going to look at some verses which tell us something about God's, um, God's names. To the t- chief musician upon Gittith, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. So here in Psalm 8.1, his name is excellent. And this is what you've got to write in your books. Um, his name surpasses all other names. So his name is excellent and his name surpasses all other names. Then in Psalm uh, chapter 20. And verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. So his name is to be remembered in Psalm 20 verse 7. So his name is to be remembered. And then in Psalm, oops, Psalm 22 and verse 20, which says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. So his name is to be declared. So in Psalm 8.1 we have his name excellent. His name surpasses all other names. In Psalm 20 verse 7 his name is to be remembered. And in Psalm 22.22 his name is to be declared. Um, Psalm 54. Verse 1. <coughs> to the chief musician on Noth, Maskell, a psalm of David, when the Zephims came, said to Saul, Doth not David hide himself with us? Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me, by thy strength. So we are saved by him in Psalm 54.1. Um, so we are saved by his name. Now just turn over to Romans 10 and verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So um, what do we think it means here to call on the name of the Lord? You know, is it simply to, um, you know, to pray or to, you know, to call out his name verbally? Well, not really. Um, to call upon, really here, really means depend upon. So we, we, we use the expression when we say, I call upon all my years of experience to achieve something. You know, we're not really calling out to our years of experience, we're depending on our years of experience to achieve whatever it is that that expression might be applying to. So we don't mean to actually call out experience, but rather we mean that we have to depend on our experience. So to here, to call upon the name of God doesn't mean just simply to call our name, um, but it means that we depend or trust in his name. So, 
why trust his name? Because name here means all that he is, his character, his very being. So to call on his name does not mean merely to pray a prayer asking for salvation. Rather, it means to trust or depend on and throw ourselves totally upon all that he is. That is, his promises to save us when we do so. Okay, so calling on his name here means to depend upon him. And it's important that we remember that. Um, also, it's back to the Old Testament now, um, Psalm 69 And 30, which says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. So we are to praise his name. In Psalm 69, 30. Um, Isaiah 50 and verse 10. among you that feareth the Lord, obeyeth his voice um, of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay on his gold. So we are to trust in and say that is lean or rest on his name. So we are to trust in and stay or lean and rest on his name. Okay, Isaiah 52. And six. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. So we are to know his name. So what does it mean? What does it mean to know his name? Well... Remember back to last week when we spoke about, you know, the two words, the two Greek words for knowledge. Um, gnosis means to study, and epigenosis means an experiential or intimate knowledge of someone such as um, in a family. So, knowing God's name. Um, well, we might say we know what his name is, it's God. Well, there are many names of God in the Bible, and each reveals something different about him. And so, over the rest of the year, um, we'll be looking at many of these names. But the three primary names of God um, are God, which is Elohim, is the first one. Lord, with a capital L, little o, little r, little d, um, which is Adonai. And then Lord, all in capitals, which is Yahweh. And in these names, just particularly note the difference between Lord in all capitals and Lord with just a little l. Um, so Adonai is printed in many of our Bibles um, in uppercase L Lord 
and lowercase o-r-d. Whereas the Hebrew word for Yahweh is printed as Lord in all caps. So when we read our Bibles, Lord in all caps um, is, the he- is, is the Hebrew word Yahweh. Um, whereas Lord with just the capital L um, is the Lord Adonai. And so there, there are many names for God. And um, now in y- those of you who do have the books, you'll have, have see the list there. But just briefly read through the list of names, um, some of which we'll look at, you know, sort of over the over the rest of the year, basically. But um, as we as we look at the name of God, we're going to learn. You know, they're going to reveal to us a little of His character. And this addresses the first knowledge, gnosis, where we study God. Um, the second word, epigenosis, is not something um, that we can impart knowledge about. It's something that we have to live. So we have to live out um, the truths of God word, God's word um, in order to grow in our experiential knowledge of God. Okay, so the first step is to learn about God and then as we learn about God um, we can live as he wants us to live. We can depend on his name as he wants us to depend on his name. Um, and we, we can only do that, we can only grow in our intimate knowledge of God um, as we spend time um, living as he used to fellowshipping with him and meditating um, on his word. So that will only happen as we um, spend time with God, as, as we fellowship um, with him. And as, as we note the promises that he makes us through his word and live accordingly. You know, for example... Um, you know, uh, we are to seek his kingdom first, it says in Matthew 6.33. And um, as we do that, he will meet our needs. We can trust in the fact that he will always meet our needs. Okay, so we, the way that we um, show our trust is by depending on him and seeking his kingdom first. So seeking the things of God first in our lives, putting God first in our lives, um, and and there's and there's many other promises that we you know that we could think of throughout His Word, you know, which we we need to you know entrust our lives to Him, and um, and as we do so, He will meet that promise. So, as as we finish off um, this morning, we'll just we'll just go through. Um, the, the list of some of his names. Um, so, firstly, names that reveal his person. Elim um, is one. Yahweh, or Yahweh Medesh, Yahweh uh, Sidkanu, Yahweh Shama, uh, El Olam, El Hay. Would have been better if I had any slides, but anyway. These names all tell us that he is a triunity. Um, that he is righteous, that he is present, that he is everlasting, that he is a sanctifying God. 
Okay, now names that reveal position. We've got El Elyon. We've got Yahweh Sabaoth. And we've got Adonai. These names tell us that he is most high. He is the Lord of hosts. And he is our Lord and Master. Names that reveal his provision. Um, we've got Yahweh Jireh. We've got Yahweh uh, Rophe. Uh, we've got Yahweh Nissi. Uh, we've got El Shaddai. And we've got El Roy. Names reveal that he will provide, that he will heal, that he is our banner, that he is our, sh our sufficiency, and that he sees us. So, what does his name mean to us? You know, how well do we know our God? How much do we study him? How much do we love him? How much do we fellowship with him? You know, do we claim the promises that he has made to us as the need arises? Um, you know, it's, it's not enough that we just read God's word and, and study it. We, we need to live it. You know, there's, um, we have a responsibility to, to God uh, as, as we read his word and challenges us through his word. We need to, we need to live it. Um, and you know and trust our lives to him as we do so so are we willing to put our reputation on the line for his his name's sake um, and um, and then next week um, will be a an, an, an next part to the introduction before we actually get into um, the names of God I, I want to address um, when when leading up to this series, I, I mentioned about um, how there's a name um, in Revelation um, that God uh, gives to Jesus, which encompasses everything. Well, I want to deal with that next week. Um, so um, that, that will be like an extra lesson really into this, in this series. So it won't be in your books. Um, but, you know, his names are important. They reveal to us um, aspects of God's character. Um, and so we can learn a lot um, from God just through his names. And, um, you know, when, if, if we sort of get used to his names and um, when we pray, you know, we may vary our prayers and call upon them that applies to whatever it is that we're praying about at the time. Um, you know, if we're, we're we're praying about our needs, we might be we might mention His name, which which is the Lord our provider. Um, so, you know, if if we do that, we'll be reminded of His names and the different aspects um, of His character. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that you are a great, big, wonderful God, Father, and and. And Father, even though that you are an infinite God, we thank you that you have revealed um, a little of your to us. And we pray, Father, that you will help us to not only learn what you are like, um, but, Father, have a, a, a close and intimate relationship with you um, by um, not only studying you, Father, but putting our trust um, in you in our daily lives, in every aspect of our lives. And, and Father, that's easier said than done. And we pray that you'll just um, challenge us and that help us to um, uh, trust you as, 
uh, as you intend, <coughs> excuse me, as you intend for us to. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.